what a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Scurll and you are listening to Behind, no sorry, what was it? Me and my friend Mark, we're gonna stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. We're back after a uh, week off last week due to vacation. And um, this will probably be the last episode for at least a little while. Hopefully not too long. We'll see. But I'm, I'm moving again. So I'm in the process of uh, re- relocating. And then we'll have to figure out timing and with uh with the new with my new job and stuff like that so once everything gets settled down we'll be able to get back into it i'm sure but uh might be it might be a couple of weeks couple of weeks off just just as all that's going on so harris this better be a good one i hope it is i thought about that when you told me before we started recording i was like i mean oh well all right i mean i don't know like i don't know what i would have done differently had i known this sooner than 20 minutes ago but yeah, I hope so. We're long overdue for a new season anyway. I'm not sure which one we're on, but we're, we've been on season we've... six for over a year. <laughs> OK, so is this season seven since we took a week off and then we start season eight later? Or are we just uh, we're just going to say this so, so season we, six finale? We, we would do another one episode season, which <laughs> we've done twice. Perfect. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't decided yet. This one would probably still be season <laughs> six and then we'll just. We'll start season seven uh, when when we come back. How how did that happen? Does it give you an option for seasons that you just didn't think about when no. we first started? How did this end up happening? Uh, we did it as a joke um, <laughs> because we we did our first run and then we right. paused for the summer when I did baseball and then we came back once I started working at the radio station and so that was kind of like a season two. And then at one point we just we missed so many weeks, like every other weeks for a while due to, I don't know, games and stuff. And so at some point we were just like, what if we just make this a big deal? Like this is our season premiere. And then it's just also mm, the only one that makes sense. because then and so we, yep. we did that a couple of times. So we went from season two to season six pretty fast. Pretty, pretty quickly fast. and then we held we held steady for a while that's great yeah we've there were there were a lot more a natural while. breaks there were a lot more natural breaks at the start yeah. i feel like between school and you moving and then we kind of both got settled mm-hmm. well <laughs> oh, also well. well great also uh once you know once i moved back and didn't have the radio station anymore and had to set everything up just doing it from home i mean that immediately makes everything a lot easier just doing it from right. home when you don't have to coordinate getting there or being stuck in the snow to not be able to get to the, you know, and all, all, all those extra things kind of went away. So it, <laughs> it made it easier to stay consistent, but anyway, but no more. The inconsistency is back. I know. I know we missed last week. We're going to miss at least next week, if not the next couple of weeks, probably. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Anyway, no one likes to listen to us anyway, so that's 
People are probably celebrating. <laughs> All right. Anyway. I wasn't sure what to say to that. I was just going to kind of, yeah, you're the professional. I was going to wait for you to make a transition. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Um, all right, Harris. You watch any wrestling this week, Mark? Or are we just gonna? I, I, are we just gonna dive right in. Well, um, nothing's really happening. Everything's just kind I don't of. Think sad. David Arquette's done anything? No, yeah. no, David Arquette's. I I keep hearing. You know, I I remember there was some talks about his uh, the the documentary getting picked up, but then I haven't heard anything else uh, since then. So not really sure what's going on with that. But we're still dying to see it. I can't so. believe there's not. I can't believe there's not one streaming service out there that wouldn't pick that up. I guess everyone's making their own stuff, but well, I, I think, think it, everybody wants content right now. Well, I think it had been picked up by some something, uh, some distribution in some way, mm. but I remember hearing about that a few months, a couple months ago, but nothing really since then, so we'll see, but we are waiting to see that. Um, no, I, I just, just more of the same, watching AEW, and that's pretty much it. Another good dynamite show uh fantastic opening match with um cody and eddie kingston for the tnt title in a hardcore match that was awesome that was fantastic i again i i love all these nwa stars that are getting to wrestle on dynamite just you know those are our boys those those nwa guys are our boys and so it's nice getting to see them do stuff. ricky starks was signed uh he's now doing a lot um, he joined up with, uh, great. Now I just blanked on who he, oh, was it? <laughs> I don't remember now. Was it Lance Archer? No, it wasn't. Now I don't remember. He joined up with someone, uh, and turned heel. So he's, he's getting, uh, to do a little bit, um, a little bit of stuff. And then, and then I don't know if Eddie Kingston has been signed or not, but he got to wrestle last week and put on a show, man. I mean, it was, it was great. Really good hardcore match. And, you know, another good AEW show. The tag team action is awesome. The Young Bucks first Butcher and the Blade match was great. The Falls Count Anywhere match. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed. They've, they've done a great job of keeping their stuff very entertaining throughout this uh, crowdless uh, season of wrestling. Do they have a new challenger for John Moxley yet? I know he retained, obviously. Uh, yeah last it, week did it end up being fight for the fallen yeah. that that confuses me because when they can't be their own special shows they're just random episodes of dynamite with pay-per-view names that really throws me off but yeah, i know he retained have they unveiled a new challenger for him yet or has he just been kind of chilling i don't think so i don't think an official challenger has uh come out yet so we'll see we'll see what happens with that i don't really like what they've done with with Moxley as champion, but some of it isn't their fault with some of the other stuff that's gone on, but just seems very underwhelming. I mean, the TNT title seems way more valuable than the AEW title at the moment. Just a, with Cody just seems like a way bigger deal than John Moxley right now. But again, that's not all <laughs> Moxley's fault. Cause you know, there was a, some of the COVID stuff and there's, you know, there's been a handful of those things, but right. Anyway, but I feel it, like but it's the, fun. The, 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 the tricky thing they've run into is they will bring these people in and build them up for like one feud or for a debut. And mm -hmm. it's great. And then they're like, yeah, but we can't, I mean, this is the problem of booking anything in wrestling. You're like, all right, we just built this guy up. 
but we can't have him win because we don't want him to be the champion. Yeah. So how do we book this in a way where he doesn't look like that much of an idiot, but we give the fans a good show and all this kind of stuff. And that's kind of, I feel like they've done that with a lot of different people that Mm -hmm. they bring in and build pretty well. And then they have a big match and then they lose and you're like, huh? Well, um, I guess it was pretty good. You know what I mean? Like we know Cody's not going to lose the TNT title for a while, right? but the whole point of what he's doing is we're going to bring in fresh new faces and we can do a different one every week and they'll have a good match and he'll have different kinds of good matches. It's harder to do that with John Moxley because you want to give each match weight, but you don't want to like waste anybody's time. I mean, he just, he won clean, right? Like he just, he just choked a guy out. He made him tap out and throw in the towel. That was cool. What, uh, which match are you talking about? The last one, it was cage. I'm talking about Moxley. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, uh, I, I hated that finish. I was, it was, it was terrible. I thought that was a really was it stupid just, finish. Just because it happened, or did you feel like it was bad execution? I thought uh, everything about it was bad. It was typical WWE 50-50 booking crap. Because he threw in the towel, and then Cage immediately beat the crap out of him. And you were just mm. like, well, this is, this is dumb. I don't know. I, I don't like that. I don't yeah. mind. It just it, it was weak. I thought it was weak, and I, I didn't really No, I can see it. that. Just I, I like the fact that he makes, like, the good guy fights the bad guy and just beats him in a wrestling match. Sure. It makes him, you know, makes him throw in the towel in the middle of the ring. You're right. The rest of it, the 50-50 booking, I don't care for. But again, I don't I don't know what else they're supposed to do. But yeah, that's fair. I don't know. It's just it's a trickier position for them to be in, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, it is. It, it, it definitely is. I'm not saying it's ideal in any way, but just was kind of meh. Um, one thing yeah, I do I like, a lot of people don't, I, I, for some reason, a lot of people I don't think like it that much, but I like what they're doing with the Dark Order right now. I like the Colt Cabana thing. I think it works, and it's entertaining how they're, like, stringing Cabana on, because Cabana's like the ultimate white meat, gullible, babyface, positive, like, it, it works, and so right. they're fooling him into joining this, you know, joining their cult by oh he's now winning matches and now he's getting this and this and then they did a great moment on the show uh when they confronted um hangman page after he beat uh alan angels and um then they they went to recruit page which i like that too because they're like look your friends aren't even out here even though you're in danger and and stuff like that you know he's been dealing with that so it's he's he seems like a good target for that and um but then when they came out to beat to beat him up, when Brody Lee was sending everyone to beat him up, he, like, grabbed Colt Cabana and, like, turned him around and, like, led him out of the arena. Like, so he didn't see them go down and beat up Hangman Page, which is really dumb. But, I don't know, I just kind of like it. I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an entertaining mid-card wrestling angle going on. No, and that's a fun, like, different thing. I don't know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of any, like anything any weird wrinkles a story creates in kayfabe and i love that colt cabana just doesn't watch dynamite if he's not on it because right, right. <laughs> you know like i don't listen to this podcast because i record it and it's kind of weird to listen to yourself talk for an hour about something right that's like that, that's that's fun little things like that i do really like that he's like no 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 no. you don't need to see that here come on like that's good <laughs> you're right i do really like that i thought it was fine i thought it was fine 
Uh, and then the main event was Jurassic Express versus uh, Jericho and, and Jake Hager. And they, they put on another another great show. I mean, that's always going to be entertaining. So you can't you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with uh, with that. Um, but anyway, the, the big thing with that was Sammy Guevara returning um, for the inner circle. So that, that was exciting. But anyway, another good show. Did you watch anything? No, no, I didn't. I okay, was here's perfect. the thing. My entire I was hoping so first of all, uh we we did a we did a whoopsie two weeks ago. I thought we were recording during Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules wasn't even for another week, which tells you how closely <laughs> we were following WWE and how interested I was in it. Yep. Oh man. That anyway, was very funny. That made me laugh. And I literally what happened, I woke up that morning and like the first thing I did was I checked like because I, I wasn't planning on watching it. The first thing I did was I checked like the results, and they were like, all right, tonight's the last Raw before Extreme Rules. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, we talked about that for like five minutes. That's going to be <laughs> a sure thing right away. People were like, hey, I think you missed this. But That's I was fine. so happy but about my- that. I was like, yes, someone listened. Yeah, I know. That was, <laughs> I was like, it's worse. That's the thing. It's worse if nobody nobody says anything right, right that's absolutely true yeah but my plan i was kind of hoping was i could do like what i did for money in the bank when we just did an entire episode on the climb the corporate ladder match because you know seth rollins and Rey mysterio wrestled in an eye for an eye match and what i had heard the rumor was that they were either going to do some like old school like zombie movie makeup prosthetics for the eye coming out uh-huh or they were going to use CGI for the mm-hmm. eye coming out. And or if they had done like they were going to actually take things, out Rey Mysterio's eye. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, whoever won or lost, you know, it's not <laughs> it's not predetermined. But right. yeah, so if they had done any of those things, if it had been like a proper cinematic match, I think I would have done my episode on that, but they didn't. They just they didn't? did a match well, and had him like well, they, they had just – it was just a wrestling match. Like oh. they just wrestled in the performance center. Like at one point I heard somebody point this out. Like Rey Mysterio hits a 619 to try and like knock Seth's eye out and Seth like sells the eye what? after getting hit with a 619. Yeah, it, was, it, it sounded pretty ridiculous. But I don't know, dude, because it's an eye for an eye match. But it ended – it ended up being did, Ray basically just like, kind of like – See, that would have been better if Ray Mysterio like put a spike on his knee and then did it like that. Then that would make sense, but it, then something would have made sense. They clearly were like, "Look, Seth Rollins has this religious thing going on, eye for an eye." That's a phrase. See, let's just they, make they, that a match. They, they should never have done that because after the Road Warriors and Dusty Rhodes, there's nowhere else you can go with the eye thing in in wrestling. I mean, they 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 were the peak. They 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 hit the peak of that with the Road Warriors putting out Dusty's eye with with one of their spikes, which was awesome. Right. And got them all banned or from like, TV uh, in the 90s, which was <laughs> well, hilarious. Or but. Van Vader getting his eyeball popped out for real. Like, we've all seen those pictures. I mean, you can't. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Once that's happened, you can't. But if they had gone so crazy with it that it was like this insanely, like, over-the-top, like, B-movie level thing, they called the pay-per-view the horror show at extreme rules right. because of this match. Right. And then just like had Ray Mysterio, like 
cover his face with his hands and pop a golf ball out or something or a ping pong ball and like then cut away to Seth Rollins throwing up. And that was the end of it. Now, uh, so it, 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 it wasn't enough for me to do a full episode on, unfortunately. Yeah. But they say like the rumor is they, they did a gorier version and Vince hated it. So they changed the, the ending like they oh, changed well, that means how that they was shot better. it. Well, right. Well, that goes one of two ways, right? There's a part of you that's like, oh, wow. So the other version must have looked really terrible. Either or that Vince or it looks great. You know, and, yeah. Yeah. You never know with Vince, I, man. So I really hope it's out there somewhere. I hope they have that footage. That would just make a network special out of that. Sure. I'd watch 45. I'd watch 30 minutes of them like putting together how to do that and then showing me like the actual shots that they have. Yeah. Because somebody must have them. They didn't dump them, surely. I don't yeah. know. So maybe we'll do an episode on that one day on the Ray Mysterio's lost eyeball tapes, but <laughs> very disappointed. Here's the, this is the thing in wrestling, Mark. This is the rule we've learned on this show. Just go over. The, just go for it. Yeah. Just go for go for 11 out of 10. Yeah. Go Especially over the right it, now. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Anyway. I mean, I, I might have watched the pay-per-view if they went for it, but, you know, that's that is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, well, what uh, what stupid thing do you have for us uh, this week, Harris? Uh, so this week, I just want to I want to get ahead out of this, Mark. This is not like an extremely offensive or over the top, like what were they thinking, sort of booking or or angle or match. Okay, this is not like this is not an infamous ad or storyline or promo this isn't like claire lynch or as much as we love david arquette something as weird as putting the title on an actor this is just like a pretty normal angle that ends really really stupidly all right and it's not in a particularly over the top way but like every time i remember it happened it makes me laugh and it made me laugh when i did my research watching it because it's it's close to being good, man. It's one of those. It's one of those where you're like, those man, are the they worst. Tweak like three things. Those are the worst. Yeah, but but the way that they botched this one is genuinely so funny. Perfect. It's it's gonna be a lot of fun, but it's not gonna be as like shocking and offensive on the surface as a lot of the stuff we cover. So we're not gonna have our topic you know, today. We, making fun of mentally challenged people like last episode. <laughs> no doing exactly. the wrong it's, thing like it's not even yep they weren't even making fun of it properly Ugh. I still, that still baffles right. no, my it's... mind that we made <laughs> someone with dyslexia like a, a mentally slow person where it's like that, that's right. not even what someone just and pulled out like... a, a name of a like a of a of some sort of thing and they're just like all right well we'll call it that it's like ugh. Got to well, you put his name backwards. It's hilarious. No, we're not. Sorry, we're not making fun of the mentally ill. We're not. You know, we've had multiple episodes involving sex tapes and people yeah. getting you know sex to death and that's, stuff like that. None of that. True. No, this is a good old fashioned foreign heel versus American hero angle. We're talking about Lex Luger today, ladies Ooh, and gentlemen. We hey. actually talked about him kind of recently yeah. just a few weeks ago the most that was pointless in angle a... in the history of wrestling that i've yeah. ever seen in my entire life it was the most pointless and thing is... to ever happen he yeah. had a funeral to change his character and nothing changed like it was 
Oh man, that's baffling. Go listen to that episode. I, I had a lot of fun with that. I did a whole episode on a two minute video package. Yeah. That's how bad it was. <laughs> so this is kind of the opposite. This is a really good like kind of tweak in his character and a really good run he had and a really good angle. And then well, we'll get into how it ends. So, you know, Lex Luger's early wrestling career looked a lot like a lot of other wrestlers in the nineteen eighties. He's a big dude. He played college football for a while. This is not relevant to the episode, but when I was doing my research, I learned this. He played for the University of Miami in 1978 before he got kicked off the team, which means he was on the same squad <laughs> at the same time as Mark Richt. Wow. Which is very funny to think about. That is pretty funny. No wonder and he I got don't kicked off. Any- <laughs> apparently he got kicked off the team mark because isn't they traveled taking any of that That's well funny. he they, they traveled to atlanta to play georgia tech and lex luger was mad that he wasn't getting enough playing time so he trashed his own hotel room and got kicked off the team <laughs> so yeah i like to imagine mark was there just like you know reading a book at 8 30 and heard the crashing in the room next door and called hotel security i don't know that's just a very funny point that has nothing to do with the episode but i knew you would appreciate even if nobody else does Uh, for for those wrestling fans that don't know what you're talking about maybe just briefly say who mark Richt is sure 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 so mark Richt, for a very long time like our entire youths and some of our college career was the coach the head football coach at the university of georgia so you know he's he he's kind of like my second dad that's sure. how i consider him he's a great person oh yeah very 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 chill very down to earth just a lovely guy and pretty much the exact opposite of whatever you picture like a roided up lex luger looked like in 1978 <laughs> so that's the, the intersection of the two of those people even though luger has mellowed out now now yeah. i think they really would be good friends yeah. that's a very funny connection to me that is good that but he good. got kicked off the football team they did not go on to be fast friends, at least not at that moment. He played football for a while, never really, you know, made much progress, but he had such a great physique and, you know, a bodybuilding background that he got picked up to be trained as a pro wrestler. And he trained with the same guy that trained Hulk Hogan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And he's very much in that mold, you know, Bo- blonde, body guys, kind of long, curly hair. Yeah, just, just absolutely jacked. I mean, this is the, you know, this is wrestling in the mid to late 80s at this point. Like you can superhero you can probably picture the guy superhero physique so he joins the nwa for a bit fused with the four horsemen joins the four horsemen you know as one does in the 80s and wins the u.s title a handful of times and he challenges rick flair twice in the course of this run and i'm not going to harp on this for a long time but i just want to point a couple things out so the first match he has with rick flair in the nwa they fight to a 60 minute time limit draw now mark you watch wrestling. You know the rules of wrestling matches and title matches. Mm-hmm. What happens during a title match when there's a draw? Uh, well, uh, a couple of things could happen, but primarily well, not a question. Well, primarily the uh, defending champion retains. Correct. That's absolutely right. Assuming there's no weird stipulations or right. anything like that. There's a draw, the championship retains. Now, they have a second match. This is not during the same feud. This is actually a a year or two down the line. And, you know, Luger is allied with Sting. Sting is at ringside. He gets attacked by the horseman. Luger leaves to save his friend, and he gets counted out. Now, again, 
if you get counted out during a title match, what happens? Uh, the, the champion retains. Correct. Very good. So I say that to point out, number one, wrestling fans understand the rules of wrestling matches, of title matches. We know that a count out or a draw, basically anything other than a clean pinfall or submission in the ring means the champion retains. Right. Champion's advantage. Uh, we know that. And more. Right. We know that. And more importantly, uh, it seems pretty clear. Lex Luger understands that as well. And it's actually it's a good like it's a good beat. It isn't just him being a stupid baby face like they play it up. He chooses to save his friend over, you know, potentially winning the title like it's a character moment. Mm-hmm. So he clearly understands what he's doing. Right. 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 So this is not we're not talking about his time in the NWA. It was fine. He went to WCW for a while and would feud for the title there a little bit. Actually held the WCW title briefly, but did what a lot of wrestlers were doing at the time. It's the early 90s at this point. He looks around and he thinks he can make more money over at the competition. So in 1992, he leaves. Uh, He doesn't leave for the WWF, though. He leaves for the WBF. Mark, are you familiar with the WBF? Um, I, I am. Uh, yep, that's that's the World Bodybuilding Federation. Yes, it is. And is, who owns that, Harris? Or owns, uh, Vince McMahon owns Vincent that. Vincent Kennedy Believe McMahon it or not. <laughs> Spectacularly ill-advised, but in retrospect, really not at all surprising. This is no. Vince's attempt to create a bodybuilding empire the same way he built a wrestling empire. Uh, not nearly not as entertaining as the episode. XFL. <laughs> not even close. Well, what's funny, I, I was. this is another little tangent because there's not enough here for a full episode. But what makes me laugh is that it's ba- it's exactly like the XFL. Yeah. Like you see World Bodybuilding Federation and you laugh because you know what the WWF is. And you're like, how in the world do you have a bodybuilding federation and how is that ever entertaining? There already was like an established one and Vince – created this company to try and like steal attention and bodybuilders from them and basically usurp them Hmm. the way he actually did to all the wrestling organizations when he was building his wrestling empire Uh and he got into like it didn't work and he pissed a lot of people off and kind of got in trouble and sunk the business for all the same reasons we talked about in our xfl episode if you go listen to that like he could have put potentially like had you know a competitive product if he just played it straight and like gave it some time but he pissed off a lot of people in the bodybuilding community because he kept trying to give the bodybuilders like characters and storylines <laughs> he was trying to give them gimmicks and he like he did exactly what he did with the xfl which is he tried to make this legitimate thing pro wrestling and everyone kind of hated it mm. <laughs> but I say all that just to say Lex Luger wasn't hired immediately as a wrestler. He was hired as like a color commentator for their weekly bodybuilding show, (laughs) (laughs) which, yeah, it's, they had, what was it called? Hang on. I have this written down here somewhere. WBF body stars. It aired every Saturday. (laughs) If you wanted to watch it, you could check out and I quote, the training lifestyles of the bodybuilders featuring a variety of skits and humorous quips 
and offer general bodybuilding and health-related advice. All right, hold on. Pause, 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 pause. One? Yeah. Say the yeah. name of that again. The the show? Yes. WBF Body Stars. I just love that someone signed off on that being the name of the show. I can't. That's great. But I can't imagine anyone signed off on this as a show at all. Well, like that, I, that was the next part is like, look, <laughs> uh, the first thing. OK, read the script, the, the, the first sentence of that description again or the first part of it. Mm. The training lifestyles of the bodybuilders. Right. Stop right there. That's interesting. Yep. Like that that's like basically what the internet has turned into. It's like stuff like that. Like that's that's interesting. You know, seeing the training lifestyle of a bodybuilder. That I think that's interesting. Um but then then you continue. To read the next part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Featuring a variety of skits and humorous quips. SNL, the bodybuilding edition. Oh, oh man. I How was gonna does say, that appeal see, to it, anything? Oh man, I was gonna say it's like wrestling, but just without the wrestling, like without any pretense of competition to get in Vince's way. It's just guys lifting weights and cutting bad promos. But I think your yeah, your SNL equivalent might be better. I just, oh yeah, I I can't imagine why and anyone it's just watched mind this. Mind-boggling that that is the actual sentence they use to describe their own show, like. Yeah, that is that's that's wonderful. That's fantastic. Well, well, to be to be fair, this is from Wikipedia. It's not sure, like, sure. but it's not like that's not a negative pitch. Like this is probably how they would have explained it. Right. Oh, well, then the last part and offer general bodybuilding and health related advice. So now we're just going back to the beginning of something that actually makes sense. Trying to like right. round out just one of these things and not like the others. See. Ugh. I'm amused with this tangent we're going on here, but this kind of sounds like Vince McMahon like saw Instagram fitness models 30 years before they existed yeah. and was trying to cater to that market. Ah, it's just <laughs> – anyway, if you were tuning in – if you were tuning in one Saturday, if you're a wee little, I don't know, nine-year-old who has nothing better to do and doesn't want to go play outside and you tune into WBF Body Stars on your Saturday, you might see them hyping up the appearance – of Lex Luger, the, the host of Body Stars, sure. as a special guest competitor, a guest poser for the next WBF pay-per-view. Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Pa uh, pay-per-view? Pay yeah, that was their business model. They, they tried to do it like wrestling. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, this is not what the episode's about, but it's a fun little rabbit hole to go down, isn't it? They had – it was a weekly television Vincent, show. Vince McMahon uh, is the stupidest, smartest person in the world. And it just <laughs> – every week it just – we find new ways to show how stupid this man is. And yet he, we he still can't argue that he's a genius at the same time. It's just – it's unbelievable. It's so I really, funny to watch I really everything. hope Vince McMahon's brain will be donated to science after he dies. Oh, man. Can you imagine? They'll put him in a robot. It'll be terrible. It'll live forever. <laughs> the funniest will. thing the funniest thing about Vince McMahon is like every decision he makes that makes you want to pull your eyeballs out. Sorry, Ray. 
you you know that like he's made that decision at some point before and it's worked right like there weren't you know the history better than me if wrestlemania wasn't the first big pay-per-view it was one of them like that yeah. wasn't a common thing in wrestling stark when vince was mcmahon's but yeah. it, but it was a couple of years. But WrestleMania brought, was a whole whole new level of size and right. scale and everything, and yeah. like money and production values. Mm-hmm. And this is his whole thing, right? This is how he made his name and his legacy, and eventually a billion dollars by saying, "Look, down to earth, gritty, like pro wrestling. I know it has like its hardcore fans, but if we give all these people like really over the top cartoon character gimmicks and just juice it up with." production value then we can really make something out of this and then he did so he's looking at the world of bodybuilding and he's like well we'll just do the same thing Mm -hmm. we'll just have them cut promos and give them really big colorful characters and we'll have pay-per-view events for the actual contests which you know are just as exciting as wrestling matches Uh, well for vince yeah Right. Well, exactly. But only for events. So there were two of those before the thing eventually went out of business. That's, that's Luger was amazing that there was actually two. <laughs> Somehow. Well, it I think it, it, was, it, it was like an all in situation where they had one and then the show started. I'm not I'm not really sure. Like I said, I didn't mean to do the episode on this. I just thought it was funny. And the reason Luger wasn't on the second pay-per-view and it wasn't because he quit or said hey this is kind of stupid i don't want to do it he got in a motorcycle accident is what mm-hmm. happened then he was injured can't compete as a bodybuilder when you know you're injured for a serious amount of time right and oh no what a shame by the time he was healthy again the wbf was out of business so he said well i guess i'm a professional wrestler i'll just go do that <laughs> so now he's starting his run in the wwf as a wrestler i just wanted to go down that little diversion for sure. a second and when he debuts with the WWF, this is in early 1993. He's got a new, you know, he's got a character, he's got a persona because we're still kind of the there. Lex Express. No, 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 not yet, actually, not yet. Oh, we're gonna get later there. On. Okay, okay. He starts off. See again, you talk about Vince being kind of a genius. Like they do exactly what you should do when you debut this massive superhero bodybuilder type guy like Lex Luger, who's been, I mean, he's been wrestling like maybe six years in total at this point. So like he's, he's got experience and he's wrestled Ric Flair and the NWA and stuff like that. But like not a vet, right? They need to give him something that will fit his personality. That'll really work. They make him a heel and they debut him as the narcissist Lex Luger. And it's this whole thing. Like he's got fireworks. He's got girls escorting him to the ring. He's got a mirror that he's like posing in and checking himself out. So they lead right into the yeah. <laughs> they lead right into the body. Paul Orndorff. All I can think of is Paul Orndorff and that With episode, the mirror, right? which I loved so much. <laughs> that was wonderful. And the first thing I t- which uh, that was a I full episode. That, that was on our a top uh, my top worst wrestling themes of all time. But in the oh, best yeah. way possible with that Mr. Wonderful oh. theme, which was just – that was great. Well, so I got to this part, and I thought about that. I was like, wait a second. I've seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, it, it worked. And here's the other thing. This is the – they made two connections to him as like a bodybuilder in his time in the WBF. That's one of them and like the constant posing because, you know, you know Vince loves his look. But they're oh, letting yeah. him be a heel with it. 
Sure. And the second thing that they do that I, is, is genuinely pretty brilliant is they talk about his motorcycle accident and the time he spent rehabbing from that. And they pointed out that he had a six inch long metal plate inserted surgically into his forearm to help mm-hmm. him recover from the crash. So not only is this dude just jacked to the gills and all about himself and how big and cool and how buff he is, but he's also got a weapon just built <laughs> in like a cyborg. And like and he's fun- big. I was just going to quick little side thing. That's just funny that you mentioned that the the same thing happened to my uncle several years ago. Uh, he was in a car wreck, like a really bad car wreck and had to have a bunch of surgeries and stuff. And he had a, he has a metal plate in, in his forearm and he, he's my dad's older brother. And so they're both huge wrestling fans. And so he, <laughs> he would do that all the time where he would come up and be like, you know, like going to wha- hit you with it. Because he's got a metal for metal forearm, so that's yeah. funny. That's funny that, that uh, it's it's uh, the awesome. same situation there. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it's honestly it's it's pretty inspired because they give him a good heel gimmick, like one that fits kind of his his look and his persona, and they also just have him bonking your favorite wrestler on the head with his metal plate in his arm. You know, right. which I. I I assume that happened. I don't think they made that up, but who yeah. knows if it's still in there or if it's a weapon. Doesn't matter. You don't need to like crawl under the ring and get a sledgehammer or have a stable to come help you cheat because at any point in time you can just bonk and it's and not cheat even and technically cheating, win. which is makes people even more mad. Right, but you know it's there, right. you know, and you know it's dirty and it's just it's a really great like there's a couple really good touches there. But as 1993 kind of goes along, and you know he he debuts with Bobby Heenan and he feuds with Paul Orndorff and beats him at WrestleMania, so he's got like he's he's got a hot heel hand. He's been dealt here, you know. And as the year goes on, they start to turn him, which is probably the plan all along, right? Because yeah. you know, look at him. I mean, look at him. This is Vince's idea of a guy, you know, and oh, yeah. Hulk Hogan has decided to leave at this point in 1993. He drops the belt to Yokozuna and leaves to pursue other ventures because, you know, Hulk Hogan really, really thought he had what it took to be a movie star in 1993. It's a whole whole other episode. But since he's left, you know, Yokozuna and his evil manager, Mr. Fuji, declare that they've put an end to Hulkamania forever. Because it's been, you know, it's been it's been running wild for ten years. I mean, this is a pretty big deal, you know. The wrestling world will not be the same, even if Hulk Hogan wasn't as popular as he was. He's out. He he's done for the foreseeable future, and they are rubbing it in his face as much as they can. And they make a very big deal out of this in the match itself. At I think it was King of the Ring. I didn't go back and watch this to be honest with you. And on the broadcast, like the rest of the night. When Hulk Hogan loses to Yokozuna, he was unable to slam this giant. He couldn't do what he was able to do to Andre the Giant a few years before and Hulk up, pick this guy up, slam him to the ground, and get that win for the red and yellow. And Yokozuna and his manager keep harping on this. Right? It's, dude, genuinely. There's a lot of stuff in this angle that really works. Mm -hmm. And Yokozuna and his manager keep harping on that. And to celebrate their ending of Hulkamania and to rub this salt in the wound of every, you know, red-blooded American fan out there, 
they host an open challenge. Not for the title, of course. They're not silly. But a body slam challenge. On the 4th of July, on the deck of the battleship, the USS Intrepid, Yokozuna says he's going to stand right there in the ring, and any American athlete that wants to have a crack at him can come and try to slam the giant. That's awesome. It's, dude, it's really good. It's, it's so over the top, but in the most perfect wrestling way possible. Like, you can only get away with something like this if you do it on the 4th of July. Right. And you do it on the deck of a battleship. And you are just constantly harping on how weak America is and how weak American athletes are. And yes, it's open to any American athletes. No, that, see, that is something that you can throw all the pretense of, of wrestling and the, the storylines of wrestling and the scripted element of wrestling out the window and you're just sitting there and you're just like, Boy, slam him! Like that. Yes, exactly! That's awesome. Exactly. And the first thing I said was, oh, wow, they should have, like, NFL players come out and stuff. And they do. They do. <laughs> like, one of the – I want to say he – here's the thing. I hadn't heard of any of these people, to be honest with you. Like, they weren't the biggest of the big names. But there's a couple NBA players there. The NBA player is great. He's a rookie. He just got drafted. He gets to the ring. He looks at Yokozuna and he's like – no and he just leaves <laughs> because think about it though think about it these are all great athletes but yeah. like the two defenders they brought in from the nhl are not physically equipped to body slam anyone it's right. not in their skill set mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the only people who have a chance at doing this are the wrestlers but plus, it's still very Yoko funny Zuno is built like a bowling in. ball like he's like the most anti well, right. he's like the most anti-body slammable individual that's ever lived Exactly, but even like if you're an NFL player, you you're kind of close because you tackle people, which can involve sort of picking them up. And he gets sure. he gets like a good single leg and tries to lift him up, but he can't he can't quite he can't get any real momentum because Yokozuna weighs like 600 pounds or whatever at this point. Oh yeah, but it's just, that was just that's a great little touch on top of this angle, which is a great just like red blooded hot-headed, hot-crowd pro-wrestling angle. They yeah, do get awesome. a couple real people out there, and Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji are cutting promos on them. You know, like, this is the best athletes America has to offer, and they can't even touch me. They can't even make me budge, you know? And a couple wrestlers come out, too. The Steiner brothers come out, which makes sense and is very in character. Uh, Tatanka comes out, which he never really had a chance, but he's the only one who actually, like, attacks yokozuna first like treats it like a match like he cracks him in the head a few times to try and you know weaken him up and then try to pick him up and right because that's the way wrestling works does it not work well right and it makes sense and right none of these are matches like yokozuna isn't fighting any of these people he's literally just standing there so it's tank is like well i better soften him up and it doesn't work and i think because he attacked him like that he gets a bonsai drop for his troubles it's you know it's a whole thing and they they run him out of there, and a couple more people come out. Finally, uh, Crush comes out. Crush is, you know, they, they talk about him being from Hawaii, and he's a big, stout, young fella, and he can't quite get it done. And finally, the only man left on the boat is Macho Man Randy Savage, and he's dressed Ooh, in red, yeah. white, and blue, and he's got a suit on and the top hat on. And he's been, you know, he's been commentating on this the whole time because right. that was his job at this point. He wasn't an active wrestler. Mm-hmm. And he gets a red-hot go at it. 
you can't quite get a grip because, again, this man weighs 600 pounds and is very rotund. And he can't do it either. And he wants another shot, but they're not going to give it to him. They're like, all right, that's it. The contest is over. America's weak. You're all weak. And then they don't do this on purpose, I don't think, but it's a great shot accidentally. Before anyone on commentary acknowledges this at all, all the people at ringside, because there's like a couple hundred people packed on the deck of this battleship. All the people at ringside start to turn around and like look off into the distance. And it's like something out of a movie. They're like, look, here he comes. Here he comes. And then commentary picks up on it. They're like, wait, there's one more person. There's one more person. And down comes a helicopter onto this boat, presumably like it's docked in New York City. Everyone else just walked on. But this last contestant, he's coming in on a helicopter. It's crazy. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Well, it's Lex Luger. And Vince McMahon has a great call here. Lex Luger, who up until this point for months has been the narcissist Lex Luger, Steps off the helicopter wearing blue jeans and a red, white, and blue polo. Like it, it's the it's the American flag. It's literally the flag, not just the colors. Like literally stars and stripes, the whole deal. And he gets off the helicopter, and Vince McMahon says, "We know Lex Luger has always been proud of himself, but we just found out that he's proud of America too." And then, as he's making his way to the ring, his manager Bobby Heenan sees him tries to stop him, tries to talk some sense into him because he's Bobby Heenan and Lex Luger shoves him to the side, shoves him into the side of the boat and keeps on going to the ring. And that's your face turn right there. Oh, and that's yeah. all you need. Yep. That line from Vince and that push and you've done it. Yep. And it's great. That's awesome. That's that's the beauty of a guy like Bobby Heenan is his just his presence tells you everything you need to know and how a wrestler treats him tells you what kind of person and what kind of character they are. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So it's just, it's so it's, it's, it's played perfectly too. It's not too over the top. It's not too ridiculous, but it's there. And the crowd is cheering him on. They're going, Lex, 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 Lex. And Yokozuna and his manager have the perfect, you know, the most natural hero reaction in the world, right? They say, (laughs) Oh, no, 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 dude. The contest is over. That's it. Sorry, you missed it. Tough luck. (laughs) Again, not a complicated or like, you know, particularly subtle bit, but it's just so perfect. You just hate him so much. You hate him so much. And Lex Luger cuts a promo on him, rips off his shirt, stares him down. And, you know, they stare one another down for about 15 seconds. And he runs the ropes once or twice, and Yokozuna tries to charge at him, and he dodges him, runs him into the, you know, the turnbuckle stuns him a little bit, and then picks him up as he staggers back into the center of the ring, slams him on the mat. The crowd goes wild. The Steiner brothers pick him up on their shoulders. He's holding two American flags. Patriotic (laughs) music starts playing, like, you know, because it's fireworks on the 4th of July. It's great. It's genuinely great. I mean, it's... It's corny all the way to 11. Like this is as dyed in the wool, like apple pie and Chevrolet. He actually wins a Chevy pickup truck by winning the contest. I forgot to point that out. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Right? Dude, this is the greatest <laughs> thing ever. I don't know what you're talking about. This is, this is not Dude. corny at all. This is awesome. Well, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. This is great. It genuinely is. And again, 
Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji are not stupid. They didn't make this for the title. This is not a match, but right. Lex Luger is able to cultivate this momentum that he has because he's white hot at this point. He just turned face and saved America, and he's going to get a title shot at SummerSlam, and of he's course. earned it. Yeah. So that is where the Lex Express comes in. And this is not where the angle, like, breaks, but this is where it starts to bend a little bit because the thing about, like, the foreign heel and the American hero thing is that, like, you can be a foreign heel and your whole thing is being a foreign heel. Right. And you can make it work. And then you kind of – it helps to have, like, a good manager and a good face or two to play off of. And, you know, like, the timing can matter too. But that works. Like, Yokozuna's good at that. Even though it's, you know, it's the early 90s and this kind of thing is kind of dying out and people don't care about it that much. Like, he's doing it well. And there's not, like, there's not a lot of nuance or, like, other things going on with this dude. He's just a big, bad Japanese dude, and he'll sit on you until you lose the wrestling match. That's kind of the whole bit, right? Like, there's a point... <laughs> At one point during the body slamming contest, they call a timeout and Yokozuna sits there and gets out a bowl of rice and just eats it with chopsticks real quick. And then they go back to the they go back to the contest. And yeah, like that's all you really need. Right. Like you get it and it works. You can't really like the pro America babyface doesn't work. If that's the only thing that they are. Yeah. Like Hulk Hogan is pro-America, but he's also Hulk Hogan, and he's got this manic energy to him and say your prayers and eat your vitamins, brother. Like he's got – there's a little bit more there. You know, He'll yeah. come to the ring carrying an American flag, but he won't come to the ring wearing an American flag. You know what I mean? Like there's mm -hmm. a difference there yeah. that I don't think they really understood. Or maybe they're just trying to capitalize on the momentum of, you know, this great thing that they set up on the 4th of July on the battleship. But they just lean right into it. And Lex Luger starts touring the country in this like in this old timey bus like he's a politician, you know, <laughs> in the 1960s or something. That's what it and it's got Lex Express painted on it and it's got the flag and the WWF logo and his face on it real big, you know. And I, I think this is something that people kind of tend to deride because this is where it kind of started like it became clear okay this guy does not have hulk hogan's like natural charisma yeah it feels like they're compensating by making him like so purely america to the point where there is no other real character or like promo beats or just any sort of magnetism outside of this da 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 you know like mm -hmm. rah rah patriotism sort of thing the thing is like the the tour itself is really not bad and this is kind of what I'm going to get into when I get to the finale of this angle. Like it, it's honestly, you watch him talk about it and you see some of the vignettes and it's like, it's like the last great gasp of old school wrestling, like live promotion, mm -hmm. which has always been important and house shows have always been important. But like, he's just on this bus from the 4th of July all the way up until SummerSlam, like the entire summer. Just doing meet and greets, doing morning news shows, doing evening news shows, and then he's back on the road the next day. They really are treating it like a like an old-timey political campaign. And like if you're 10 years old and you've seen this guy slam the giant on the battleship on the 4th of July, and then you find out that he's coming to your shopping mall 
two Saturdays from now, like you're going to go yeah. and it's going to get you so hyped for the SummerSlam match. If you're not a 10 year old, then this really does nothing for you. And like I said, it's kind of cheesy and maybe exposes what this guy is as a performer and is maybe kind of stupid, but I, I get it. You know what I mean? I get what it is. Yeah. You have a foreign heel that's as effective as Yokozuna is at this point. And, you know, again, they did a really good job with the battleship thing, so I see why they want to double down on it. By the time we've gotten to SummerSlam, they've just it, – it, it's kind of gone too far. Like when he gets to the arena, they, they've given all the fans like red, white, and blue flags to wave, you know, and he's – He's got all his red, white, and blue gear on. And again, it's not just like – it's not subtle. It is the flag on his pants. You know what I mean? And he's not wearing a shirt. Right. Like it's that kind of thing. You know, like a, a Napoleon Dynamite sort of Rex Quando situation. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to the main event of SummerSlam, which by the way, not held in like the Garden or some other famous arena or like the Silver Dome or anything. It's held in suburban Detroit in the palace at Auburn Hills, and they refer to it multiple times as suburban Detroit, which is just very funny. Neither here nor there, but you're just like, man, that's really – that's where we're going with all this? Like you could just call it Detroit, guys. You can round up. I mean it's they okay. always but, do that. Like they always talk about New York as New York even though it's always in New Jersey, you know, and like they always do that. So that's really weird that they're being so specific. Yeah. Vince, like the show literally opens, and I didn't watch all of SummerSlam, obviously, but the show opens and Vince goes, the place, the palace at Auburn Hills. And you're just like, dude, what are you – like, come on. You can't you can't sell me on that. Yeah. But it's fine. So again, Yokozuna, great. A little stereotypical, especially for 1993, but like he's he's killing it. He's doing good. The crowd, they're into it. Not as into it as they would have been like five years ago, but you know, again – all things considered, it's going pretty well. Was the bus tour a little much? Was it a lot of footage of Lex Luger just sitting on a bus looking like serene and thoughtful? Yeah, it was kind of a lot. But you know what? We set this up with a great angle. We got some talented performers here, and we're just we've we've quadrupled down on patriotism and everyone loves patriotism. So let's do this. Now, if you tune into the SummerSlam pay-per-view in 1993, like the poster you see on the WWE network is literally Yokozuna doing a bonsai drop onto the American flag. <laughs> in case you thought we were going to get any more subtle in the match itself, you know? <laughs> the, the ringside reporter is great because the crowd is pretty game. Like you kind of get the – like I said, it's not as over as it would have been a few years earlier. You kind of get the sense some of them think it's pretty silly. But they're going to go for this because they've it's been done so well, you know? Like I said – Forget everything you know about pro wrestling. When you see this thing happen on the battleship, you just get him, slam him, let's go. Like you just lose, <laughs> right. it, you know. And they're still willing to play along. You know, you can tell. And there's a guy who's wearing like bed sheets that he's carved into an American flag that just drapes his entire body. They have the like the reporter, the ringside reporter in the stands interviewing people all night, getting them all you know hyped up. Like I said, they've been giving everyone American flags coming into this match. I mean, it's setting up to be genuinely a pretty huge moment and then we get to the main event and they actually have the japanese and american national anthems played hmm. before the match interesting 
And to their credit, it is actually the Japanese national anthem. I was a little scared. It was going to be like a or something like that. But I looked it up. It is actually the Japanese national anthem, which is a great touch. And like as, as over the top as all of this has been until this point and, and still is, this is kind of a cool like Olympics big fight feel. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. I was just like, oh, OK, they didn't have to do that. That's that's pretty cool. And. Bobby the Brain Heenan is there on commentary, just knocking it out of the park as usual. The be- the version of the American National Anthem, genuinely pretty terrible, like one of the worst ones I've ever heard. And then it ends, and Bobby Heenan is like, I don't know, I think I like the Japanese one better. And I'm like, <laughs> I know you're trying to be a heel, but like you're right. You're objectively <laughs> right, which is very – which is a funny spot to be in. Uh, remember I said that about Bobby Heenan being objectively right because, you know, we we get into it and we're in the main event. Now, Yokozuna entered first, which shouldn't surprise anyone. You know, Challenger enters second. You know how, like, I say this has kind of started to lose its luster at this point and is getting perhaps a little bit silly and has squandered some of the momentum we've had since uh since independence day at this point lex luger doesn't have his own music he just has patriotic like i I think of it as the fireworks music Mm -hmm. like yokozuna has his like generic japanese thing or whatever and then (laughs) and lex luger starts making his way to the ring literally dressed in the american flag and you're like okay come on like again hulk hogan he would carry the American flag. No problem. Right. He didn't wear the American flag. He had his own theme song. His theme song was not the national anthem. Yeah. Like there's a there's a line here and they do not know where it is. Right. But the match is pretty good. So you can kind of get back into it. Like it's not it's not great. It's not going to win match of the year or anything like that. But they're you know, it's a good story. Yokozuna is good at this by this point. He's a big boy. Um, Lex Luger, you know, is trying to chop him down to size. He's hitting the legs a lot. He's still got that plate in his arm, which, like you said, not technically illegal because it's just right. his arm. And like he's he's wearing a knee pad or an elbow pad, you know, because they they t- that was one of the stipulations of the match. But you know, you've got that there, and he's got a really good chance of chopping this guy down, right? And as the match goes on, it's not super long. It's probably like 10, 15 minutes. I don't know. It's, it's it's pretty good. And the crowd is pretty game for it. You know, they're not as hot as I've seen them be for other main events, but they know what they signed up for. This is the big pay-per-view moment. The baby face wins, beats the big bad foreign heel, plays the underdog the whole time. Like, it's going to be fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like we're, you know, wrestling fans, we we know what's happening a lot of the time. But if an angle is done well, you can buy in and just kind of lose yourself in the moment. And and the fans are willing to do that here to see this, you know, big patriotic hero finally be crowned. It's it's a good time. And then he knocks Yokozuna out of the ring, blasts him with the steel plate, actually, after a couple like genuinely great near falls. He blasts him with the steel plate. Yokozuna tumbles out of the ring and hits the ground. And for good measure, he turns around and he cracks Mr. Fuji too, knocks him out. So Mr. Fuji is down. Yokozuna is down and the ref 
starts to count. And Lex Luger turns around and starts playing to the crowd. He starts looking around. The ref is maybe at three or four. Lex Luger continues to stand there and look pretty proud of himself. A little nervous, a little tired. Uh, doesn't look like he's moving anywhere. The ref continues to count maybe to seven or eight at this point. And Lex Luger turns and he looks at ringside. And he sees that Jim Cornette is there about to interfere in some way because Yokozuna at some point adopted Jim Cornette as his American spokesperson, which adds <laughs> nothing to the story except that throughout this entire match, yeah, one, Jim Cornette, that's funny. That's awesome. Two, the entire match he's been dealing with double interference. Right. He's got Mr. Fuji and Jim Cornette running interference. So the ref has reached almost the 10 count, and he turns around. And he blasts Jim Cornette for good measure. And Jim Cornette tumbles to the floor as the ref counts to 10. And the bell rings. And the ref raises Lex Luger's hand. Lex Luger has won the match. Just keeps going. Triumphant. <laughs> Triumphant music. Vince McMahon losing his mind he's like he did it he did it he won the match Lex Luger the American hero is victorious here and look at this crowd the crowd is ecstatic beyond belief the Steiner brothers have run to everybody that was on the battleship before has come running back into the ring the Steiner brothers are back Crush is back Tatanka is back. Macho Man Randy Savage in like red, white, and blue suit and top hat. They all come running back into the ring. They pick up Lex Luger, start to carry him around the ring on their shoulders. Somebody gives him two American flags. He's waving them. You know, Vince McMahon has tears in his eyes. He's victorious. <laughs> Lex Luger is victorious. And Bobby Heenan says, is somebody going to come help the champ? Because Bobby Heenan is the only person in the entirety of WWE, apparently, who remembers that a title cannot change hands on a countout. <laughs> and he points this out almost immediately. He says what everybody over the age, probably not even over the age of 10, because everyone knows this is a rule. He says what everybody watching at home and everybody in the stadium already knows, which is, hey, that's great. It doesn't matter because he didn't win anything. Right. He just knocked Yokozuna out, and he fell out of the ring. He did not pin him. He did not submit him. He's not the champion. Right. Why is nobody bothered by this? <laughs> <laughs> Vince, Vince McMahon continues to just go on like, you know, like it's Daniel Bryan winning at trip you know winning at wrestlemania like it's <laughs> like it's the undertaker coming back from the dead like it's Shawn michaels zip lining down to the ring vince mcmahon is like hey, what i tell you what these people know these people know that he's a hero and they know what he did and they understand that balloons have started <laughs> falling at this point they had balloons and confetti 
<laughs> so balloons are raining over the crowd. The music is still going again, like it's the Fourth of July. You know, Yokozuna hasn't moved. He's like dead at ringside. He's kind of covered in balloons at this point, in red, white, and blue balloons. Bobby Heenan is the only person in the building who's like, it doesn't matter. None of this matters because he didn't pin him. That's great. Go celebrate your win. Yokozuna's still the champion, and he'll still be the champion tomorrow. And guess what, Mark? I haven't even told you the best part. The entire stipulation of this match, the reason he was able to get it after the battleship slam at all, is because he promised in the contract that this would be the only time he would challenge Yokozuna for the WWF title. so much better oh that is I'm that not is making this fantastic up. that is fantastic the only thing that could make it any better is bobby heenan at ringside losing his mind because nobody's listening to him he's like right. that's great lex you can't challenge for the title anymore this was your one shot and you blew it because you <laughs> forgot i su- i guess how countouts work what great why are you celebrating what are you doing Yokozuna's the champion, and he still will be, and you can't fight him again. <laughs> Music's uh, still playing, confetti raining down like it's the Super Bowl. The best part is you kind of get the sense that, like, all the fans get this too and are just kind of perplexed. Right. Are just looking at one another like, I wait. <laughs> it's funny too because, like, minute. you could – if you wanted to do uh, – again, I, I'm, I'm sure you get into it, but I don't know – uh, who messed up what or or if but um like you could do this finish <laughs> and it works because Yokozuna is so big like if Lex Luger did knock him out and he fell out of the ring you could do it right. where he's like frantically trying to get him back and he just physically cannot get him back into the ring and that's, then you have a whole cool angle so funny this could have been that's, done exactly the same and it would have so been awesome funny. Yes, exactly. And that's the thing. Like that's that can be a good stipulation and that can, you know, be a way to keep him away from the main event for a while and it can still put him over as this beast who, you know, beat Yokozuna, except they don't play it that way in Kayfabe at any stage of the operation. At no point does he like realize what's happening, realize that this is a big deal that will keep him from challenging for the title again and try to get Yokozuna back in the ring. He just doesn't get out of the ring. He just knocks him out throws him out of the ring like he falls you know as he's been hit he falls through the ropes and then Lex Luger just stands there for the full 10 count that's like I did it why and Vince Vince McMahon doesn't even acknowledge it he's like well I just you know I just know that these people and the way he looked you know well Jack Tony will have to give him another title shot and Bobby Heenan's like no he won't no he won't because that was the stipulation nobody like the Steiners don't care Lex Luger certainly doesn't care Macho Man doesn't care. They are holding this – like picture the end of Rocky because that's really what this scene is. Like just imagine that song playing in your head and the crowd of people in the hubbub. Except instead of winning the fight or going the distance and losing a decision, Rocky just kicked him in the balls in the second round. <laughs> that's what this is. Like you didn't do anything. You want, you're like, yes, you're the last man standing, but it didn't get you what you wanted. There's no right. resolution here. And they didn't even make that part of the storyline because that's the thing. Like you mentioned this. 
You don't know what went wrong. Nothing went wrong. This was how it was booked. What? This was the plan. Nobody botched anything. Oh. This was how it, this, Vince McMahon was like, no, 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 no. We're going to do this and everyone's going to celebrate and it'll work. To be fair, but that aspect <laughs> is the least surprising out of this whole thing because that is exactly how much Vince McMahon p- values his own championship. <laughs> You're totally right. And clearly, yes, like Lex Luger values the championship exactly as much as Vince McMahon does. Like in Vince's mind, it's like, yeah, well, he went over, so it doesn't matter. And in literally everyone else's mind, it's like, it doesn't matter that he went over. Because he didn't win the title, which is supposed to be the entire reason that we're here. The entire reason we spent months watching this man ride a bus in red, white, and blue pants across the country was to see him have this crowning achievement where he wins the title. And he did not win the title, and nobody seems to care except for Bobby Heenan. It's incredible. And here's the thing. The music and the balloons and the confetti – is what makes this so great and like genuinely one of my favorite dumb wrestling moments of all time. Like one, okay, in kayfabe, this is kind of great because like that's what you do. If he wins, you would play his music and it's like the Super Bowl. We have all these balloons and confetti. So here we are backstage in production. If Lex Luger wins, we play the music, we drop the balloons and the confetti. So that, you know, like should have happened either way. But like just imagine – how heartbreaking it would be, but also what a great visual if he's trying to get Yokozuna back in the ring and he can't do it and then he wins and then the music plays and the balloons are falling and the confetti's falling and he's devastated and he's crying in the ring while his own music plays because he knows he lost his title shot. Like you could really do something with yeah, that. That'd be great. And instead they just went, nope, we're playing it completely straight. Lex, you got to celebrate like you just won the Super Bowl. Somebody <laughs> – the, the Jim Cornette podcast I was listening to talking about Lex Luger, they said he celebrated like he won the title and the presidency. <laughs> and they all – they all mean it. And the only person in the entire kayfabe reality of the World Wrestling Federation that has any idea of what's actually happened is Bobby Heenan. Which is a delightful place to be in, quite frankly. <laughs> oh, that's it's, amazing! It's it's great, dude. It's it's really really fun. They had so many good things going for them here. They had a great moment, a great heel, some great build, and they just they just pissed it all away. They just and they just played it like they didn't. It's it's incredible. I've never seen them like. This is the wrestling equivalent, the booking equivalent of like fumbling the ball at the goal line and out the back of the end zone for a turnover. That's that's <laughs> what this was. I highly recommend you all go watch it. The Battle Slam – Battle Slam. Ooh, that's a pay-per-view. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it does. The Battleship pay-per-view. Copyright, copyright, copyright. We got we to pin that down. Yes, dude. Behind the Gorilla Wrestling. Let's Presents do it. Presents Battle Slam. Battle Slam. All right, I think we're on to something there. We're going <laughs> to just pull off the road here. Hang on. So no, we're like gonna the, start battleship, promoting. <laughs> the Battleship video is only like 10 minutes long, and then you can find SummerSlam on the network. I highly encourage everyone to watch this because the celebration at the end with the music playing and balloons falling on Yokozuna's dead face while Bobby Heenan points out that none of this matters. What are you all <laughs> doing? He's not the champion. 
genuinely one of my favorite things, my favorite dumb things in wrestling. And it it could have been so good. Here's the thing, dude. So to peel back the curtain for a second, there's two schools of thought on what this was. It was meant to happen this way. Somebody sat down and wrote this and said, yeah, that's good. Let's do that. Either Vince McMahon felt like they still had something with Lex and wanted to drag it out to WrestleMania. So this was his way of, like you said, like, okay, we have this stipulation. We have the count out. This is how we're going to play this in order to, you know, keep the baby face chasing, which is good booking and makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know any theory as to why they decided to play it straight and just ignore that stipulation. If that were the case and act like Lex Luger was this conquering hero. There's no there's no explaining that at all. That's just <laughs> nonsense. But either that happened or Vince looked around and said, OK, Lex looks great, isn't really there as like the Hulk Hogan clone. I wanted him to be. I don't want him to carry the title. We're going to keep it on Yokozuna. Let's book our way out of this. Either way, the way he reacts and the way Vince reacts and the way everyone else reacts makes no sense. But like, here's the thing. If you just, if it's 1993 and you know, Hulk Hogan's leaving and you know, okay, I want somebody the fans know and like, and look up to and represents this, you know, American freedom and strength and courage and virtue values. And you want to have him say, Hey, he's going to do what Hulk Hogan couldn't do. And he's going to slam this giant on the battleship on the 4th of July parlay that into a title shot and then go to SummerSlam and win the title. And it's going to be this great crowning moment for this wrestler who I want to be the next Hulk Hogan, the next super over babyface that embodies the American male. I want him to be this really, I don't know, macho man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Call me crazy. Cause he's there the entire time. And that, I had a lot of fun watching this. It's very fun. It's it's very stupid, but it's very, very fun to watch. That's where this angle really starts to veer into ter terrible. If you're sitting there and you think, hey, it would have been really great, though, if Macho Man Randy Savage, who was just doing commentary at this point, wasn't even an active duty wrestler. If he were to be the last one, stand up from the commentary desk and say, I can't stand this anymore. I'm coming out of retirement. Slam this guy promo him all across the country would mm -hmm. you know he has the charisma to pull this off because he's been doing it for years and then you bring him into SummerSlam and have him come back as the conquering hero and win the title and be the guy in the company like he never got to be while Hulk Hogan was there yep. and this is not just one of the greatest like SummerSlam moments of all time this is one of my favorite wrestling moments of all time because all of the ingredients were there and they blew it and that <laughs> is what makes this very infuriating because while all this nonsense is going on macho man is standing right next to this guy dressed in red white and blue and cheering and grinning like everybody else and it's such a waste dude mm -hmm. it's such a waste <sighs> fantastic dude i <laughs> So after this, Lex Luger would go on to feud with – I had to write his name down because I've never heard of him. Hang on. Oh, no, just kidding. I didn't write it down. <laughs> he goes on to fight some generic Russian man 
who I do not remember because he never did anything. This this guy actually he confronts Lex Luger in the locker room at the end of the pay per view and is like, I'm not going to do the Russian accent, but he's got one. But he's just like, Hey, Lex Luger, um, wasn't really impressed with that match. Uh, I'm not impressed with you, and I'm not impressed with your country. And he goes on to cut some like pro Russian promo. Mm -hmm. And you know the plan is to try and throw Lex Luger, the pro America guy, because that's the only character he has. Because that's the only character we ever bothered to give him. <laughs> only now he's not the champion; he's just Mister America, but like not that good or apparently that smart. Mm -hmm. So we get shunted off into the feud with mid-card Russian number two, you know, and yeah, believe it or not, nobody really like got that behind him after that. He would go on to tie actually in the Royal Rumble with Bret Hart, which was a pretty great finish. They did that on thing purpose. where they both hit the ground on at purpose. the same time. Yeah. On purpose. Yeah. Not time. like the one we did where they did it on accident, <laughs> but like you can't come out that hot and promote somebody that hard with that moment at SummerSlam as your finish line and then make this guy look like just the biggest jabroni on the entire planet and then expect anyone to care mm -hmm. when he goes on to try and do the same thing with a worse foreign heel on a lower stage. You know, it just it never really went anywhere after that. I don't think he ever sniffed the main event, really. And then just, that leads to the awesome Nitro moment. Right, and then he goes to WCW and has a lot of success, and good things happen to him that make a lot of sense. <laughs> everything, uh, everything Lex Luger was ever involved in in WCW made 100% perfect sense. Yeah, man, it's just... <laughs> and all had very good reasons for happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, th that's the thing, man. Oh, man. This had so much potential, and there's so many moments in this where you're like, this is great. Or this could have been really yeah. great. Again, if it had just been if it had just been a clean win, like he's kind of a generic, boring white meat babyface, but that win would have still been great. You could have him drop the title in a week. Yeah. You know? It's just they just pissed it all away, man. He had a great babyface turn. That moment on the battleship, genuinely great. And like the most red blooded, corn fed American wrestling way. They just wasted it all. And it's it's sad, but it is pretty hilarious to watch that finish. I, I highly recommend that you all do it. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I'll say that. I had oh, fun watching this. That was great. That was nice. All right. Well, that was fun. Thanks a lot for listening, everyone. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. We follow back all wrestling fans. Uh, also the same on Instagram at behind underscore gorilla. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at MarkMarkBrand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So go ahead and do that. And uh, go listen to our back catalog of episodes. We've got a bunch of them. We have over 100 episodes that we've done. So go and check all of those out. And, uh, yeah, so this will be the last one for at least a couple of weeks. And then hopefully everything will settle back down and we'll get into a new, new routine. But, uh, yeah, but we will be back at some point. Um... Just uh, just not for a couple of weeks. All right, Harris, any uh, final thoughts? Uh, let us know if you know of any other dumb things Lex Luger did, because I feel like we're getting a pretty good catalog at this point. And I'd love to keep going down this rabbit hole. I feel like he was a pretty, like, all of his charisma was in his body, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. in terms of a promo and a character, he was a pretty bland dude. But it's very funny that 
a dude who is mostly known for just being like looks and muscle and kind of bland has been on this show multiple times in like very <laughs> different ways. That's pretty funny. So if you know of anything else, let me know. Sure. All for it. All for it. All right, guys. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we will talk to you down the road.